Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 through 13 is our passage for the message this morning. Hear the word of the Lord. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them, because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed under that rest, and he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this passage he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again he appoints a certain day, today, saying through David, so long afterward, in the words already quoted, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to his eyes of him to whom we must give account. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we pray that today none of us here would harden our hearts when we hear his voice. Lord, we lift up to you, Pastor Steve. We just we pray for him as he handles your word as a faithful servant. We pray that you will watch over him. And Lord, we we thank you for all of the preparation that has gone in before this morning. And so Lord, I pray that our hearts would be open, our hearts would be hearing. And Lord, um, we we know for certain that there are people that in in our midst who deal with the pain of knowing of someone who is struggling with unbelief someone who has heard that message and their heart is hardened. But Lord, you are, you are the great breaker of hearts. You are the great softener of hearts. And you have done it in so many ways that has amazed us and surprised us. And we know that your, your work is not done. And so Lord, we ask that your, your word would be lifted up. Your word would be believed this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Many of us um, don't, we don't listen, most of, most of us probably don't listen to commercials. Um, if a commercial is on, we're probably not going to listen to it. Um, if you're listening to a podcast, you're probably going to skip the ads. If you're watching a YouTube video, you're probably going to skip the ads. If you're listening to the radio, you're probably not going to listen, really, to the commercials. And that's because we don't necessarily believe them. And the reason we don't believe them is because they do things like, say, they say, this is a limited time offer. This, is a, this deal won't last long. It'll be back next week. This, this, I mean, this week they say, you know, uh, buy one, get one free. And sure, the deal ends this week, but the next week is just get two for the price of one. You know, it's the same, 
It's the same thing. It's just packaged a little differently. We don't believe, we don't believe them when they say limited time offer. We don't believe them. Because we know it's going to come back around. They're going to say the same thing. I don't, I don't, I don't ever feel the need to hurry out and go buy whatever it is because I'll have another chance. I'll have another chance. Every week we get, um, a, 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 a mailing from a credit card saying, you know, take your opportunity now to get this credit card with all of this different stuff and, and you know, this, this, this opportunity won't last. Yes, it's gonna come back next week. I'm gonna get the same exact mailing next week. Stop lying to me. The book of Hebrews is completely different. The book of Hebrews has a promise that we must listen to, we must grab a hold of right now. There is a promise that still stands, chapter 4, verse 1 says. There is a promise of entering His rest. And and right now, that promise still stands. And when it says, enter into God's rest, it's speaking of eternal safety with God, eternal joy with God, eternal fellowship with God. And, and you can enter that rest. The, the promise is still available to you. Verse 1 says, while the promise of entering His rest still stands. Verse 3 says, we who have believed enter that rest. Verse 7 says, today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. Verses 9-11 through 11 says, so there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has already rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. The promise still stands. Today, you hear his voice. Do not harden your heart. Today is the day to believe. Do not waste time. Do not procrastinate. Do not put it off. The promise still stands, but it will not stand forever. You will die. Or, 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 or perhaps first before that, Christ will return. Your time will run out. You don't have forever. Today is the day. So our sermon is simple this morning. I don't know who I'm kidding. All of my sermons are simple. This one is especially simple. There are, since, since the promise still stands today, there are four things from this passage, we must do today. There are four things we must do today while the promise still stands. Number one, today is the day to believe the gospel. Today is the day to believe the gospel. Verses one through the beginning of verse three says, therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news, listen to this, for good news came to us just as to them. So it's referring back to the, to the wilderness generation. It's referring back to the generation of Israelites who were rescued out of slavery in Egypt and, and God promised to bring them into the, the land of Canaan, the, the promised land, rest in the land of Canaan. God, God made this beautiful promise to them. Good news. Good news. I'm going to bring you to Canaan. I'm going to bring you to the promised land. But the message they heard, verse 2 says, the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have 
believed enter that rest. They they all heard the good news, but it didn't benefit the ones who didn't believe it. So if you're a a teenager in here, you're a high schooler, you're, you're a middle schooler, Listen to me. You have heard the good news. You've you've heard it. You've been in the room when it was spoken. You've heard it. You've heard it from your parents. You've heard it from your pastor. You've heard it from your Sunday school teachers. You've, You've heard it. You've heard that Jesus lived a perfect life and that He died on the cross so that your sins can be forgiven. So that you can escape Hell, the punishment that you deserve so that you can enter into heaven, heavenly rest with God forever, that you can enter into perfect safety, perfect joy, perfect fellowship with God, eternally, forever. You have, you have heard this good news of, of the, the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ. He died to pay for your sins. But simply hearing it doesn't do you any good. There's no benefit in simply hearing it. You must believe it. Only those who believe it enter into heaven. Only those who believe it escape hell. Only those who claim Christ as their Savior enter into heavenly rest. Only those who trust Him to be their only hope to be saved from their sins. You are not guaranteed tomorrow. And you are not saved simply by hearing the good news. You must believe it. Do it today while the promise still stands. Today is the day to believe the good news. Number two, today is the day to continue together in careful obedience. Today is the day to continue together in careful obedience. This sermon has four points This point right here is the one that has the most like moving pieces, the most things to kind of keep together in our minds as we're thinking about it. So, so just, just hang tight with me, um, for, for throughout this point, just think along with me. There's a, there's some moving pieces here. So, since the promise still stands, today is the day to continue together in careful obedience. Verse 1 says that there are, that, 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 that says, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear. Let us all fear. The promise stands, so let us all fear. Everybody in the room, we all fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For, down in verse 3, for, for we who have believed enter that rest. It didn't benefit them in verse 2 because they were not united, united by faith. And then verse 6 says, since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who former, formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. Verse 11, let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. And so what we have to see, there's a couple of, again, a couple of moving pieces here. One, the New Testament is absolutely clear that we can never be saved by our obedience. We can never be saved by our works. We cannot earn our way to heaven. And there's no chance of that whatsoever. There is no works righteousness. There is no working our way into heaven, obeying our way into heaven. 
We can, we can only enter heaven through faith in Christ. He is our only hope. We cannot be right with God. We cannot be with Him forever. We cannot be forgiven of our sins through, through any other means but Jesus Christ. He is the way. So The New Testament is clear on that. But the New Testament is also clear. Here's another thing we have to keep with that. The, the New Testament is also clear that, that saving faith, the, the kind of faith that God gives us when, when He gives us new life, when we are born again, saving faith, true faith in Christ will produce good works in us. If, if we are truly saved by Christ, and if we truly believe the Gospel because of His grace, then, then it will show up in obedience. This is why Jesus says that by their fruit you shall know them. This is why the book of James says that faith without works is dead. I'm going to read to you a sort of a long passage from 1 John chapter 3. Listen to what John says in 1 John 3. Starting in verse 5, he says, You know that, he, that Jesus appeared in order to take away sins. And in Him there is no sin. Verse 6, No one who abides in Him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen Him or known Him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as He is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning, because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. So in other words, the Apostle John is telling us those who have true faith in Christ will show it through their obedience to Christ. Faith brings about obedience. We are not saved through our obedience, but, but saving faith, faith in Christ, brings about obedience because we have been born of God. And so we see that connection here in these verses as well. So there are people in verse 3 who have We see that the people who have believed are the ones who enter that rest. The people who believe the Gospel enter the rest of God. Verse 11 says, Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Disobedience is evidence of disbelief. Obedience is evidence of belief. So, those are our first couple of moving parts. Now that brings us to verse 1 where it says, while the promise of entering His rest still stands, let us fear. Let us fear. All of us in the room. Let us fear, including the the author of Hebrews is lumping him in. We all got to fear. Let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. You and I don't want anybody in the room to seem like they failed to reach it. You you don't want there to be any doubt in me. You don't want you don't want me to give you any cause for concern, and I don't want you to give me any cause for concern. 
We, we've, we've, we've seen, we've all seen too many stories where, where someone turned away from Christ. They decided they don't, they didn't want the Word of God. They didn't want what the Word of God had to say about sexuality, about marriage, about life, about this or about that. We don't want what the Word of God has to say. And if that's what it means to, to have Jesus, I don't want Jesus. We've seen people turn away. We don't want that for each other. We want, we want, everybody in the room, we want to make it. We, we, when we, when we are at each other's funerals, we want to say, I know I'm going to see them again. No doubt in my mind. I can't wait to see them again. We want to be sure. That's what you want for me. That's what I want for you. Verse 2 says, we are united by faith. We are one family. We are united by faith. So, we walk in fear. So we all walk in fear. We, we're, we're, what we're doing here is we're taking ownership of each other's salvation. We want to make sure that everybody in the room is going to get there. So we walk in fear. My, um, I have an illustration for this. And I've thought about it a lot, and I like it. My family does not do a lot of mountain climbing. Um, that's because families tend to do what their dads like to do, and I don't like to go mountain climbing. Uh, we play board games. We shoot baskets. We have long, drawn-out conversations about the way big truth intersects with daily life. My children love that. They love, they love those sporadic weekly sermons um, love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, we watch movies, we eat pizza. We don't do a lot of mountain climbing. Um, but last summer, we did. We climbed a mountain. We climbed a mountain together. Sugarloaf Mountain in northern Michigan. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It wasn't like these crazy mountains you crazy people climb. It's not like, you know, it's, it wasn't an extreme sport or anything like that. But it was a lot of fun. And at times, it was absolutely dangerous because we had, um, um, Haddon was three, Silas was five, Pete was Pete, so it was dangerous, okay? So it was like, there was, um, it was, there was, it was, there was, it was danger there. So as a family, we walked in fear. Not the kind of fear where we ran back down the mountain. No, we wanted to get to the top, because the top is awesome. We wanted to get to the top. We're going to the top. So we didn't run down the mountain in fear, we but we, we walked up with carefulness. You can say, when, when, you, when you see fear of God, you can, you can put in a word like carefulness. Carefulness, seriousness. You can put that in most of the time, and it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of biblical sense. We were careful. We looked out for each other. We, we, we held each other's hands sometimes. We pulled each other up sometimes. We, 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 we gave each other a boost sometimes. We warned each other. Some, sometimes, sometimes we were not confident enough, so we needed encouragement. Sometimes we were overconfident, so we needed warning. We, we, we wanted all, I, I, I really, success was to get the whole family to the top, right? I didn't want to lose any of them. I wanted all of us to be at the top together. This is what it's like for the Christian family. Success is when we all get there. And so, and so on our journey, we're, we're, we're watching each other. And sometimes there's time, it's time to encourage each other. It's, sometimes it's time to say, no, you, no, 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 no. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. No, he who began this good work in you is going to finish it. Let's go. You can do this. Let's go. 
You have mercy every single morning for you. The Father rejoices over you. Let's go. And sometimes it, it's, it's warning. Sometimes it's, there, is, there is obvious sin in your life and you don't seem to care. You don't seem to care. You don't seem to care. What's going on? You, you, it's not that we expect each other to be perfect. It's that we expect each other and we expect ourselves to be fighting for obedience, to be repenting of our sin. When, when our sin is made known to us, we don't like it. We feel bad about it. We don't fight against it. We have, we have a desire inside of us to honor King Jesus, to obey His Word. And so when we look around at our brothers and sisters, and say, man, it doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like you care. That's a, it's time to warn them. It's time to grab them by the hand. It's time to pull them back to the, to the straight and narrow. We're not gonna, you're not gonna make it to the top that way. You're going to fall. So we walk in fear. We want to all make it to God's eternal rest. And all we know, I mean, all we have to work on, all we have to, all you have to work on as to whether or not I'm a Christian is my life. That's all, that's, that's the only way you know. That's the only way you can say with any level of confidence, yeah, Steve's a Christian. He's going to make it to the top. The only evidence I'm giving you is my life. That's all the evidence you're giving me. So when we see stuff that worries us, we say it. Because we want to get to the top together. So we, so we continue together in careful obedience. Since the promise still stands, today is the day to continue together in careful obedience. That was point number two. That was the big one. That was the hard one. You made it. All right? Last couple. You still have to listen. What am I saying? You guys, you still got to listen. All right, number three. Today is the day to look forward to entering God's eternal rest. So now what we have is we sort of have the, the flip side of this. So the, the logic of the New Testament is there's a lot going on. So first Peter would tell us um, that God is the one who guards us through our faith. All right, which is hard for us to see. There's a lot of invisible stuff, and so we can't see it. It's because it's invisible. One of the invisible things that's happening is right now, God is guarding us. God is getting us home through our faith. It's tough for us to get our minds around, but First Peter is clear on it. God is the one keeping us. He is the one saving us. He is the one bringing us home, and he's doing it through our faith. And so there's a couple of ways, even in this Hebrews passage, that he sharpens our faith, that he strengthens our faith, that he solidifies our faith. One is what we've just seen. It's warning. It's warning. Hey, keep on the straight and narrow because the people who make a practice of, of disobedience are the people who fall away. The people who, who prove that they never were in. You don't want to be among those people so you, sh- you, so you keep on the straight and narrow. It's, it's warning. It, it, keeps us, it, it keeps us walking carefully. Not hiding under the bed, but walking carefully. But then there's also, the, the other way he strengthens our faith is, is he encourages us. He reminds us of what's coming. So not only are we to walk together in careful obedience, we are to look forward to entering God's eternal rest. This is another way that God keeps us going, keeps us encouraged, keeps us focused. Verses 3 and 4 say, For we who have believed enter that rest... As he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. The people who did not believe, did not obey, they did not make it. But then it says, in the end of verse 3, 
although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has spoken somewhere of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. So there is a way in which um, God began this, this everlasting rest. And he began it as soon as he was done creating. So he completed creation, and then God entered into this everlasting rest. Now, we know that God is, in some ways, still working. Jesus said, you see me working, you're seeing my Father work. We're doing stuff. God is still working, in some ways, but he is done creating. And, and because he is done creating, he has entered into this Sabbath rest, and it's an everlasting, it's an everlasting thing. Verses 8-10 through 10 say, for if Joshua had given them rest, the, the verses 8 through 10 are basically making the point, like, the, the, Joshua getting the people into the promised land, that's not the end of the story. That's just a picture of what's happening. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. So there is a time when we are going to rest with God. If you, if you work your way through the Old Testament and you study the idea of rest, it gets, there's a couple different, couple different words in the Old Testament that get translated like rest or Sabbath rest. Um, the Old Testament has a lot to say about this. But you can, you can think of it when you see rest, um, you, you can think of it as safety from enemies. That's a lot of what it's talking about. It meant a secure dwelling place, like a, they wanted a resting place for the ark of God. They wanted a, a they wanted a, a place for something to to dwell safe, safely and securely. It's, a, it's it's rest. It's it's safety from enemies. It's a it's a secure dwelling place. But it also means fellowship and celebration and feasting. It means joy. So all of the ways that the Bible talks about rest in the Old Testament, all of them are pointing to what is given to us in Christ. All of the the temporary, physical ways that rest is talked about in the Old Testament, all of it finds its fulfillment in Jesus Christ. All of it is pointing to the eternal rest that, that God Himself kicked off right after He finished creation. So there is right now available to us an eternal safety from our enemies, especially our worst enemy, our, our own sinfulness. There is an eternally secure dwelling place. There is an eternally, eternally good, eternally joyful celebration and feast with God Himself. Fellowship with God Himself. We are looking forward to an eternal Sabbath rest. This is why the story didn't end with those who received the promised land with Joshua. A lot of people got in. That was nowhere near the end of the story. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of, a, of another one. Later on, verse 8 says, Joshua was a, a type of Jesus Christ. He was pointing forward to Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who brings us into our eternal rest with God. Are you, are you tired this morning? The answer is yes, you're tired. 
I don't tell people I'm tired because that's basically like saying, I'm breathing. It's like people who, how was your week? It was busy. Okay, you're a human. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. How are you doing? I'm, I'm really tired. Yeah, I mean, yep, you are. I've never understood why they call rest stops rest stops. They're they're stressful. If I'm on a family trip and I see a rest area, I'm not thinking, oh, this will be restful. (laughs) I mean, we... So I've got children um, who... And so, I don't know. I don't don't know if there's anything we can do bladder-wise. I don't think so. Um... So they, they're about to burst, right? It's coming out of their eyeballs, and so they have to stop at the rest area. But to me, it's just the stress area. I'm just like, okay, get in there, get done, get back in, don't, no vending machine, no, we're not, no, stop asking dumb questions, get in there, do your business, get back in the car, because my goal in life is to not be in this car for the rest of the day. We got somewhere to go. This is not restful. It's a stupid name. We rush in, we tell our children to hurry, we rush out, we want to get back on the road. That's how rest in this world often is. Sleep would be great if we didn't wake up at 4 a.m., our mind just just going a million miles an hour, right? It'd be fantastic if our back didn't hurt so bad. I was talking with um, someone who I love dearly, and they were talking about most of the fellowship in their life right now is not, they didn't say it in these words, um, but it's not restful. They don't feel, um, they don't feel refreshed after they fellowship with the people in their lives. They feel even more distant. They feel not known. Uh, It's not refreshing. It's not refreshing. It's not anybody in this room. It's not your fault, so you know. But they're going through it. They're going through it. They just, they feel alone. Um, And that's, and, and, and there's something about actual fellowship that we long for that brings actual rest, actual comfort, actual joy. It, it, it actually nourishes us. We want real fellowship. We long for real fellowship. We, we don't want to be walking on eggshells. We don't want to be holding back and not really saying what we mean. We don't want... We, we, we want actual fellowship. None of us really, when you dig down into it, feel all that secure, all that safe. It's hard for us to get actual rest, to actual, re, actually relax, because we're always in maintenance mode. We're always in, this is not good enough, I need to work on this. We're always in that mode. We, it's, it's hard for us to just sit down and, and, and breathe deeply, because there's always something else to do, something to get better. There's ways where we, just, we, we, we feel like life's going to get us, and we have to be ready for it. We, we don't have the security and the safety and the fellowship and therefore the joy that we long for. Here's a little secret. 
to, to, to knowing actual rest and actual fellowship and actual joy here in this world. It's by, it's by remembering that someday we, the, the ones who believe the Gospel, are going to enter into God's eternal rest and it is going to be really, really good. Every time you feel a little bit disconnected, every time you feel a little stressed out, every time you feel a little bit like you just don't have a friend, you remember, yeah, well, that's, that's, that's why I can't wait for eternal rest with God. You remember that and you get nourished on that. It'll give you strength to encourage and to love the people around you. Eternal rest is coming. We're going to enter into it. Press on. Press on. Let's get to the top. It's going to be good. It's going to be worth it. So that's number three. Number four, today is the day to believe the Gospel. Say, if you're taking notes, you remember a long time ago, the first point was today is the day to believe the Gospel. And you say, that sounds a lot like this point. It is, it's exactly like it. It's the same thing. I just I plagiarized my own sermon. Today is the day to believe the Gospel. I never claimed to be super creative. Look at verses 11 to 13. Some of the scariest some of the scariest verses in the Bible. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from His sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. Is there anything more frightening than the Word of God? It is sharper than any two-edged sword. There's, there's nothing more frightening than the all-seeing eye of God. His Word drill is like a two-edged sword. And His, His Word just dissects us. And then He sees it all. I keep waiting. I know, I know, the, I know the phone call is going to come. Some, some prestigious university is going to call me. They're going to ask me to donate my brain after I'm done with it. Because I, I know... Nobody else tells me this, but I just know it. I don't need you to... My mom would tell me. Um, a brain like mine needs to be dissected. Scientists need to study me. Some of you are thinking, yeah, but not for the same reason I'm thinking, probably. <laughs> so I'm going to get that call someday. Uh, so a scientist with a, with a scalpel and with skill can dissect a body. Can learn things. Can, can, can cut it open and, and reveal what's in there. A scientist with, with a scalpel and with skill can dissect our organs, take a good look, learn things. The Word of God goes much, much deeper. 
the, the Word of God dissects us and it reveals who we are in our soul. It reveals our, our thoughts and our intentions. Who we are in the places that no one else knows about. This is why today we need to believe the Gospel. This is why today we must be thankful for the good news of Jesus Christ. Because you can fake me out. I'm not that smart. No one wants my brain. I was kidding. You can trick me. You can fool me. I mean, you, most of you, I, I know most of you pretty well. You came up to me and you asked if, if, I, if I thought you were a Christian. I'd say, yes. Yes, I, I absolutely do. Absolutely. Sure, I think you're a Christian. Absolutely, I do. Most of you, if, if you know you know me, you'd say, yes, yep. Yep, Steve's a Christian. Sure he is. Absolutely he is. But we've all been wrong before. People who we thought were in have proven to us that they're not. So you can be fooling me, I can be fooling you, but none of us can fool the Word of God. The Word of God is a scalpel that, that, that exposes us to the all-seeing eye of God. We cannot hide from God which makes us very thankful for Jesus. Because He covers us with His righteousness. So we don't need to hide from God. You can't do it anyhow. So believe the Gospel. Believe that Jesus Christ is your only hope to be forgiven of your sins. You can fool everybody else. You cannot fool the all-seeing eye of God. We are naked and exposed before Him. So the promise still stands. You can still enter into God's eternal rest. But that promise is only good for those who believe. So, so let's believe the gospel and let's keep encouraging, let's keep, let's keep continuing together in careful obedience. Let's remember we have, we have eternal rest coming and it's going to be good. This is all because of Jesus. Let's pray together. God, I thank You for Your Son. Heavenly Father, I thank You for Your Son, Jesus, who, in His great grace, grabs us by the hand and and brings us into eternal rest with You. We long for that day. And we are so thankful for the Gospel of Jesus Christ. We are so thankful for the good news that Jesus lived a perfect life and then He died in our place so that we can, when we, are, when we are laid bare by Your Word, by Your all-seeing eye, when we are laid bare, we have nothing to fear because He has covered us with His righteousness. Help us to never be bored by that. Help us to always be thankful for that. And help us to continue to encourage one another. Exhort one another. Build each other up in the faith. We thank You that it is by Your grace alone. You, you, God, You through Your Spirit because of the Gospel of Your Son, You produce good works in us. When we are born of You, we, we show that Your seed is within us. That we, are, that we belong to You through our obedience. So we pray, God, that, that You would reveal disobedience to us and that You would continue to give us a hatred for that disobedience and that we want to repent of it and grow and, 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 and prove, show that we do belong to You. 
Give us the courage, God, to, to warn and to encourage the folks around us. We want to see the whole family make it. We thank you for the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen.